0: Any port in a storm, well, not that one or that one either. Who's designing these ports? It's ports of call on Amigos episode three twelve.
1: Hi
0: everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're gonna be talking about ports of call. Yeah. Now, Aaron, um, I know that you've probably been on a boat before. When was the last time that you you know went out on the water on some sort of craft?
2: Oh man, it's been a while. To be honest with you, it's probably been a couple years ago uh, when we were on the uh, we went to a, on a ferry down in at the beach. Mm. You know, so we were in the open water mm-hmm. uh, there for a little while. It's funny in this state where everyone goes and gets in their boats and fishes. I never get in my boat and fish because I don't fish. So and I don't have a boat either. So it's been a while. What about you? Um, yeah, it's probably been a couple of years since the last time I
0: was on a boat. The last time I was on a boat was in twenty summer twenty nineteen. I went down to visit my friend from college. He's got a boat, and he represents the idea that the word "boat" stands for bust out another thousand. Um, he uh, he I keeps his boat. That. He keeps his boat in a boat garage. Okay, so this is a, this is a thing. Uh, not so much around here where people just dump their boats in their lawns around these parts, but, uh, but in in other areas, more well-populated areas, there's actually like out, you know, there's the, the river and then you've got like a boat garage. And, um, when you're done boating, uh, you pull up to the boat garage and there's this, um, there's this like crane that lowers down and it picks up your boat and then it raises your boat and it sticks that your boat in a hole in the boat garage. Now, this sounds expensive to me, Boat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so expensive that one of the preconditions of my friend getting the boat was his aunt or somebody, one of his relatives was, we'll pay for the boat garage if you pay for the boat. <laughs> now, now, what
2: What's the size of this boat?
0: Uh, this is probably, I'd say it's about 15, 16 feet, something uh-huh. like that. So, so it's, this- not, it's not...
2: It's, like it's, a not
0: a, it's not a tiny boat. This yeah. is a full-on uh, cruiser-style uh, boat. You could pull water skis behind or something like that if you wanted to.
2: You know, we can't go through this whole boat thing. And by the way, no, never have two men said the word boat this many times in a three-minute period. I'm trying not to but, say yes every time. But but we've got to talk about your various boat excursions and your on-again, off-again love affair with boating. Yeah. Because you talked about the, the boating being expensive. You've dropped a couple buckaroos on the boat. What, what what was the allure to you to be on the open water? Is it because of your name? Uh, my name, part of yeah. it. Part of it, I
0: like to live up to my name, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But the other part of it is that song.
1: Sailing.
0: Every time I hear that, I'm like, man, I want to get out there. So, uh, you know, West Virginia, not exactly the sailing capital of the world, No, uh, being fully landlocked. However, uh, down in Summersville, this guy and his crew do teach a basics of sailing course, which I took. Uh, this has probably been like three years ago now. Yeah, And so I went out on this pond and it was a pond. It was, it was not unlike the, the maybe like half the size or a quarter of the size of the hurricane reservoir, okay. that large expanse of water. Yeah, yeah. And I and I sort of, you know, I I learned how to I learned how to sail, I learned how to set the mast and pipe the jig and do all of that stuff. Pipe you know. the old jig, eh? Yeah. And so, um, so that fall, I actually participated in the Mountain State Regatta over at Summersville Lake. Yeah, uh, and, and this was in a borrowed vessel, and uh, and lo and behold, when all was said and done, I won my class, the beginner small sailboat class. And how, how many other people were in the class? Listen, that number is not important. Yeah, what's important? <laughs> Let me is ask: that you, I Was it more
2: than five other people? <laughs> Was there anyone else in the class, Boat?
0: Because I'm I've heard this story. am not sure if story. I showed up on
2: the right day. But <laughs> that's what I thought. But I'm a winner. Oh everybody. yeah, well done. So what? Um, you know, listen. When I think when the when I hear the word dinghy, you're the one that comes into my head. <laughs> but why did you lose your love of the sea, Boat? What well, happened? What
0: happened was I knew that I couldn't have a sailboat. And the reason why I knew that is my wife told me you cannot have a sailboat. You don't have a boat garage for that Right. I don't have a boat garage. Um, And so I decided, well, what about an inflatable boat? And so... (laughs)
2: That was your first mistake right there.
0: Yeah. So I went on Amazon and I spent a couple days because whenever I get into something, I really get into it. I, I, I researched the inflatable boat that. and here's the thing about the inflatable boat. You don't yeah. want to paddle an inflatable boat because you're not going to get anywhere. So I was like, I got to hook a motor up to this thing. Yeah. And what do you need for a motor? Well, you need a motor, but you also need one of these big honking car batteries. Okay. okay.
1: Does that go so in I, the boat? It goes in the it? boat. Right. You
0: just dump it right in the boat, in the inflatable boat. Okay. Yeah. So all of this stuff I ended up spending about $600. It all <laughs> arrives and yeah. as the guy was carting in the incredibly heavy boxes including the box with the incredibly heavy car battery, yeah, I started to have second thoughts. Really. And I thought maybe when I blow the inflatable boat up and I put the battery in, what if it causes the inflatable boat to sink to the bottom of the lake? Yeah. You know. And with that thought I returned every single thing to Amazon, and I have not thought about boating since that day.
2: Now, what you wouldn't actually physically blow up this boat, would you? Like you have I a d- pump, or something? I did. Right? I did.
0: I spent I spent a lot of money on the pump, but I think that, the way the, the the you know there there still is some manual blowing
2: involved in the latter stages. You know how yeah. it is. Well, no, I don't. No, I don't know anything about that. Mm. So at the, now you have no more. There's no more thirst for the open sea. It's That's dead. De-
0: it's dead in me. Yeah. So,
2: and God only knows what the next thing you're gonna get into. It could be pottery. It could be cooking. Underwater basket weaving. You know, I did
0: watch a documentary. This was recommended by uh, somebody on the Discord. Yeah. About um, self-made cast iron.
2: No. Okay. I'm gonna. There's a new rule in our Discord. Do not talk to boat about any hobbies. That's out. Because <laughs> I can't have that. I need boat around. There. And unfortunately, there's not an inflatable boat that I can use as a co-host. So please stop doing that. <laughs> all right, Aaron,
0: I think we should stop doing this and get <laughs> on to this week's Amiga news. Amiga news. All right. Our first story this week, Aaron is not an Amiga story at all, but oh, it is yeah. related to our Amiga community here. All right. Uh, last month, we had a Amigos high score challenge, unlike any other on the ZX Spectrum, and it was all about Asteroids RX. Yes, our friend Alan, Happy Coding ZX on Patreon, coded this brand new version of Asteroids, and uh, we had a, a community challenge where our community and his Patreon community went up against each other to compete for the top scores that will be shipped with the game when it does ship on itch.io. So. Mm. I want to congratulate all of the winners, particularly uh, Z9K9, who came in uh, second, and Hermski, who came in fourth uh, well done, in the boys. global leaderboards. You guys both did a great job. Congratulations to everybody that played, and thank you to Alan for extending that opportunity to us.
2: Man, representing boat. Yeah, you played like a little it. bit of that on my stream, didn't you? I man? did. I did play it, and I thought it was quite good, and, and the version I ended up playing was... Uh, still not even close to being the completed version. He added a lot of extra uh, goodies after I played it, so that's one I'll be definitely going back to try out. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron.
0: Coming up next, our good buddy Doug. Ten Minute Amiga Retrocast has come out with a new episode. This is episode one hundred four. He's broken the hundred barrier, Aaron, yeah. Well, then, and he's sir. talking. Yeah. He's talking all about the Parcero card. I don't yeah. even know if that's the right way to say it. Now, Aaron, you watch this thing. What is the Parcero card? Well, you know, I'll be honest with you,
2: Boaster. I caught a little bit of this, but ultimately, my internet went down. Mm. <laughs> so I've never gotten to see the end of it. I believe this is the uh, this is a uh, storage uh, solution. So yeah. I, this is not what I've gotten to go back and see. I believe this is the gimmick. It hooks on the side of the one thousand. I let you and let you plug in cards there. Uh, Doug, uh, I'm sure goes through his usual paces. This is what I'll have to pick up on the on the off chance after we go off the air. But uh, I have not. I don't know much about the Passaro, including the price.
0: Yeah. Well, I know that I believe. I know that I believe. How's that for a sentence? Yeah, that's weird. Uh, you can go over to amigalove.com and you can purchase this thing for a discounted price. So if you are into getting a, uh, a SD card storage solution for your Amiga 1000, uh, make sure that you do it through Amiga Love. Uh, I believe that this thing is just under uh, 200 bucks. I want to say the discounted price is just under 200 and maybe it's 300 with the um, w- without the discount, so you definitely want that discount. You want to get in there and
2: get all over that. I watched this video a uh, way back, and right. so as you, as you know, my memory is tapioca.
0: One ninety five at a twenty percent discounted rate of one ninety five. So yeah, if you want to get in on the door, uh, that you want to do it through Amiga Love.
2: The one thing I remember about this is this guy. The, yeah, he was,
0: like a, he was like a admirable
2: program <laughs> right. guy. This guy, yeah, he, I, he looks like. Uh, uh, if, like, the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins was a military general or whatever. I mean, you could tell this guy's got a lot of jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, 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 oh, look at that. Mr. Dunkley, now retired, was the CIO of the United States Space Force. Was wow. I right or was I right?
0: You were right, man. So,
2: there's someone working for the Space Force is designing crap for the Amiga 1000. I like it. You know yep. it's gold. Yeah, So that's cool. I remember looking into that, so I'll definitely have to go check back into that now that Doug's had a chance to kick the, the tires on it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, Aaron, we talked about the Game Jam that Amiga Kami is uh, running that's going to run till the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, we have one of the first candidates has been announced for the Game Jam. This is a port of the uh, arcade classic Green oh, yes. Beret, otherwise yeah. known as Rush and Attack. That's what I always knew it as. Aaron, yeah. are you familiar yeah.
2: with this game? Oh yeah, I stink at this game, Bud. I'm real bad, <laughs> uh, but I've played it plenty of times. Hey, this port looks real good, man. Yeah, look at that uh, very excellent work there already. Just out of the gate, this is your front runner, I'd say, because that doesn't look. There's nothing like anything wrong about that. It's even got the music and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess this,
0: uh, this was coded by Dante Mendez. Dante's an awesome name, uh, yeah. and it says that hopefully it will be uh, released at some point in the near future. So thank you to Neil over at Indie Retro News for making us aware of that, and uh, I can't wait to see what other arcade ports are going to come out of this game jam.
2: Do you know what year that Green Beret came out? I just caught it there, and I was surprised. I feel
0: 1985.
2: Old. Yes, holy smokes, man. That,
0: it looks very nice for a game I remember seeing that in the
2: arcade. Like, when it came out, people are like oh look at this look at the graph you know, there
0: was there was a pretty huge gulf i mean when you think about games from 84 uh which is my personal favorite uh arcade year of all time in 85 there was a huge gulf i mean there weren't any games that looked like green beret in 84 that i know of i mean this was a really kind of quantum leap forward in both gameplay mechanics and graphics it's really hard too but mm-hmm. yeah all right now From the Sublime to the Ridiculous, there is a new Amiga game that has been rediscovered. So it's not really new. It's from 92 And this game here, and it's called Radical Moves. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Now, er, you know, it's funny. In the Discord earlier this week, we were talking about how uh you know Amiga European Amiga developers really didn't want their games to look cutesy in the Japanese way. So they skewed hard the other way. Unfortunately, they skewed hard into the realm of the abomination. Because if you look what? at what? this man, this is a guy, you know, if they made a list of who are the characters that you want to control
2: in a video game, <laughs> this guy would be dead last. Look at him. He's this a guy he looks like if Millhouse from The Simpsons was like uh, one of those guys that opened his raincoat in the street and he was naked <laughs> underneath. Yeah. That's what he looks like. Like he's just a, a creepy, slimy mill house, basically. Right. That's what he looks like. This yeah. game looks kind of cool though.
0: The game doesn't look bad at all. This is a, uh, it's a platformer that features 99 levels, a uh, very similar to a game like bubble bobble. It looks like I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but it's something like that. Or uh, what was that game? Um, something in the, in the uh, oh, smarty and the nasty gluttons, some something in that, that wheelhouse. So yeah. if that's your thing and uh, you want to check out a long lost game from 1992, Make sure you check out the link in the show notes to Radical Moves. Again, this comes to us from Indie Retro News.
2: I will say some of these early levels here, they are just shades away from entering the realm of uh the real bad background games that we've seen in the <laughs> Top past. Top Banana style. I didn't yeah. want to say th- I didn't <laughs> want to say the name, but there I mean, there those are some busy backgrounds. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But that otherwise looks neat.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Aaron, we move on to the story of the week. The A five hundred mini.
2: Yes, yes. So this so, is uh this
0: this is a a uh, a mini amiga. This is this is what we've talked about for literally years. Um, and uh, we
2: have a, a lot
0: to say about it, don't we?
2: Yeah, we're gonna go into a full separate gimmick on this, but we want to touch on it here in the news uh real quick because it will be they're they're taking pre orders now uh, in Europe. Uh, and uh, it looks like it should be interesting. I know uh, in the tradition, in the true tradition of Amiga products, uh, the community is firmly split down the middle between <laughs> people that love it and people that demand it never exist. Mm-mm. So it will be. it's going to be one of those. And, and a lot of people complaining about it. I don't know why they're so surprised. They can't believe the keyboard doesn't work. Have you ever seen these minis? <laughs> they just did one, for God's sakes. So... <laughs> We'll get more to that later, but yes, it's on the radar, Boat. We know about it for sure. And I should mention, but Bo, when Boat linked this story up, he was like, this is odd. Why is this linking up as introducing the C-64? Well, they've had all kinds of trouble. And they still haven't fixed it. How long? When did they announce this? Four or five, three or four days ago, and still haven't fixed the links. The presser was screwed up, so they they made a few. Uh, this this the is ball. The,
0: this, this is the classic Commodore uh, uh, blunder where you go through all the engineering, you <laughs> yeah. you crawl, you, you, you get the software and everything right, and then the last mile you utterly fail
2: in communicating improperly. Yeah. So they 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 probably need to fix that at some point. But yeah, that that is the uh, the mini. We'll see how uh, how that goes, and we'll talk about a little uh, a little bit more about that later. but
0: Yeah, yeah, and finally, uh, our last story of the week comes to us from show sponsor Retro Rewind. Uh, Frank and the team are going to be out and about, Aaron. That's right, physical interaction Holy with smokes. Frank. You know it. You what? want it. You want it real bad. What? So you can join. A whole bunch of folks up in Canada, up in Cambridge, Ontario, at the World of Retro Computing Expo. Okay. This is going to be held uh, over, and like I said, in uh, the Cambridge Hotel and Conference Center which uh, is is located, of course, in Cambridge, Ontario. Uh, there's going to be representation from many of your favorite retro computers, including Commodore, Apple, Atari, Spectrum, Tandy, Sinclair. Um, and this thing is not going to cost you an arm and a leg. You get an all-day pass for 10 bucks. And if you're under 18, I know we're big in that in that market. There's probably several hundred thousand people listening to the show right now that are under 18. You get in for free. You get in for free. That's right. So bring your kids um, there, you know, bring yourself. It's going to be great. You can check them out on Twitter at R- WORC2021. They've also got an Instagram page, World of Retro Computing. Uh, Retro Rewind is one of the backers of this event, and they will have a table set up where you can uh, peruse their wares and talk to the folks behind this great company.
2: Outstanding. If we were anywhere near Canada, Boat. We could get across the border in this uh, pandemic era. We might we might try to get up to that. To be Absolutely. honest with you, I think, Canada, I think Ontario is as far away from us as you can go. It's way up there. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, but have a good time up there, Canadians. Uh, I'm anxious to see what it looks like, and I'm jealous because we're not having jack squat down here right now.
0: No, no, no. The only party around here is at the hospital, if you know yep. what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: Aaron, <laughs> it's time to talk
2: about ports of call it is boat let's talk about this uh game ports of call now as i always do but has, has this one you tangled with in the past uh no i'd never heard of this one before i think i've heard of it but i would never have played it like i said last week this is one that would just the name sort of scares me and I always think anytime we play these boat games, I thought about our horrible effort when we played that Pirates game. Oh my god. Where we staggered. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's a, So I'm so this time we're trying, we didn't we tried not to phone this one. And we did a, we did a little bit more on this one. So Ports of Call, uh released in 87 on a disc, uh published by Aegis. I believe that's I've always thought that's the way you pronounce that, A-E-G-I-S. Now Aegis, they did do some games on the Amiga. Uh, they publishing, I mean, they did as uh, Arizox a- 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 Tomb, Fast Eddie's Pool, But then most of what I know them for is their utilities. Mm. Uh, they did Aegis Animator, Aegis uh, Images, and the one I really know them for, which is Aegis Sonics, which is this musical program. And I remember it was one of the first times I ever heard like digitized sound. Like, I mm-hmm. mean, that was just a, sounded like a disaster, Like right. it was awesome. And I believe the very first thing I ever heard on there was someone ripped the choruses and stuff out of like Word Up. I believe is what it was, but it could have mm. been something else. It was, it was Part awesome. Tune, word yeah, Up, yeah, it was really cool. Uh, this was the developer, quote unquote. Of this it was actually a couple, a couple guys. They brought in a couple guys, both, and the guys they brought in uh, were. Uh, well, not their names weren't easy to pronounce. Martin Ulrich and Rolf Dieter Klein. You could um, you
0: could just mention them by their, their nicknames, which one of their nicknames is Beethoven.
2: Yeah, yeah. I saw <laughs> you gotta that. have
0: some cojones to nickname yourself Beethoven.
2: Oh, you're gonna see them. That's for sure, but because they that's the first thing you see when you boot the game up. The good looking pictures. The thing that caught my eye on this one, but was, was the additional graphics. What They have a couple guys listed here. One was Richard Laber, who worked on uh, uh, the same game as the other fellow that I knew right away, which was Jim Sachs. Uh, he is better known as the artist behind Defender the Crown. Oh, okay. Uh, vote. And also, he also worked on Centurion and Who Framed Roger Rabbit but Defender of the Crown on the Amiga is where where you really know him from. Yeah. And uh, one of the all-time celebrated graphical achievements in video game uh, was Defender of the Crown at the time, and Jim was back there. So who knows what uh, graphical extras he put in. I'm assuming he put in, he was responsible for the very nice scenic scenes and not so much the in-game stuff where it's just mostly maps and that sort of thing, but who can say? You know, who knows what he added to this. Uh, this game was released on the OCS, of course. Uh, this was only ported to to DOS uh, until w- w- very late in the game. In fact, this came out. It's funny. Uh, this is listed as being the Amiga is listed as being the premier port for this, but I've got DOS everywhere i checked it said the dos version came out earlier so i don't know what that's all about
0: <laughs> well i mean but... it i it could be the premier port in that it's the best port no i mean it than... was the
2: it was the one that they based the dos one oh, on oh i is what see what I read. so who oh, who, okay. who
0: who knows or you know you, we've seen weird things about how they developed the amiga version first but for whatever reason they decided to put the dos version yeah. out it was know, just what a whatever.
2: year it came out in yeah. 86 uh, this also eventually amazingly got released for Windows and for iOS and Android. So yeah. this is something you can still play. I believe this is the it's still around in the App Store. So there you go. Uh and uh this was compi- this was actually bundled with some Amigas uh uh back in the day Some Yeah, this, this was, was one of the, of the
0: this this got played a lot because it was part of the first uh, amiga 500 bundle I believe that was released uh, and I don't know if it was uh, released here in the States but over in Europe there was something called the deluxe amiga 500 bundle that uh, that contained this game so this game got played a lot yeah so
2: with all that said uh, what what in God's name do you do in this game what's well, it's really quite simple uh, you are a, a basically a shipping uh, professional. You're making your way into the realm of moving cargo uh in between ports uh with your fleet, which you haven't built yet. And so in this game, first of all, it gives you the option of uh difficulty. It gives you the option of how many players. This game can actually have one to four players, which would be interesting. I think that would make it more interesting than just playing by yourself. I know uh, it would
0: make it more interesting than playing
2: by <laughs> yourself. <laughs> well oh, there you're tipping your hand, boat. Uh, so what do you do in this well once you pick your a number of players and your difficulty you are i think you start with I believe it's 4 million dollars to start to start making your way and that includes building a uh, by purchasing a boat and uh getting getting a home port and then you start you know delivering cargo it's pretty mm-hmm. much that quick uh they give you a, a a whole bunch of ports to choose from at the beginning uh, and these, according to the back of the box, I don't know if you read, you know, I like to read the back of the box sometimes. According to the back of the box of this game, the, the people that made the game went all over the world. Oh, they didn't go all over the world, but they went over lots of the world investigating these ports to, to like render them appropriately in the game. Can do you believe that? No. <laughs> What? what? You think they're lying? Come on, Listen, man.
0: Lying on the back of video game boxes is a grand tradition, and uh, they, they don't want to be the ones to break that. It's like the people that said, we studied Larry Bird's and Dr. J's moves Listen, to put them in one-on-one. It, it,
2: and I quote, To ensure realism, the authors performed extensive research on the location at shipyards Yards in Bremen, Hamburg, London, Prius, Osmeo, uh, J- Jakarta, Singapore, North America. Among other things, they went to the library of London Nautical College. Wow. These
0: guys did their work. Boat. Well listen, I don't doubt that they went to the library of London Nautical College, but I don't expect them Indiana Jones style to be traveling from port to port. Okay.
2: <laughs> did you study at the Nautical College before you got your first boat? I don't wow, think we... so, Boat. We don't have a nautical college in West Virginia. You think they and have
0: you... a degree in inflatable boats over I there at the know. Nautical
2: College? I don't want to know. So once you so first you get to go boat shopping. All right. Now, boat why don't you chime in here? What did you think about the way this game starts out, the overall feeling and w- how you begin the game? And I'd like to hear what you personally did and chose to start the game with and your the times you've played it. Okay. Well, the game starts wonderfully.
0: Um, this is where the guy that they did they got to do the King's Quest art. I imagine this was his That's this it. was his contribution to the game. Yes.
2: The beautiful the box coming down, the yeah. ocean effects. In I nineteen agree. eight
0: yeah. in nineteen eighty seven. There was nothing that could render graphics at that kind of fidelity other than the Amiga. It looked quite I mean, nice it was yeah, very it nice. it was yeah. great. it was great. Um, unfortunately, once you get past that, the the sort of graphical splendor of the game fades just a little bit
2: yes <laughs>
0: um, and uh, the, the game is is basically um, it, when you when you get started, uh it's a it's a series of menus. uh you select the number of players you select the uh the number or the I'm sorry the skill level that you want uh and then you are greeted with uh, a map of the world and uh and this is sort of the home base in a way yeah. this game is very similar to where in the world is yeah. in San Diego.
2: <laughs> I was just gonna say that That's exactly what I thought they give you this big premise, but you're sort of always not actually doing anything big right,
0: right yes and so the first thing that you have to do is you have to get a ship okay so you go to the the ship vendor now you do when you go visit the ship broker um you you do get m- kind of nice pictures of sort of model ships yeah. uh, but what it all comes down to is there's ships you can afford and ships you can't afford and yeah. basically Hell you yeah. can you can you can afford to get one pretty okay ship or you can afford to get two sort of bad ships and maybe like two and a half awful pieces of junk I think yeah. is, is the way what the way it, the way it comes down to so um, and the I, the whole concept of this this is one of these games where the docs make it seem like you're going to require several PhDs to understand what's going on here Here's the, here's the here's the dark secret of this game. It's really pretty simple when it all comes down to it, but I'm not saying that's a bad thing because I would much rather play a simple game than a complicated game because I am a simple man. So um, this game, you can either pick one ship and go about your business doing things with your one ship and try and make enough money to get another ship, or you can choose slightly lesser ships that you're going to spend more on upkeep and fueling to achieve the same goal.
2: You know what I did, don't you, Boat? You went El Cheapo. In the Dowdy tradition. What <laughs> what's the biggest rust bucket you got? I'll take six. Right. <laughs>
0: and so from there, what you do is uh you go uh you basically you choose destinations based on the amount of money and the time that it takes to get various places. So, and fuel. Yeah, and fuel. Uh, and so, uh, and the game basically just turns into a numbers game where you're trying to maximize your profit and minimize your losses. Okay. And if the game were all that, if that were the whole game, that would be, you know, certainly enough for a game, I think, you know, because there are lots of games that that's really all you do this game. It's funny that it comes to us from Germans because this really has the feel of a lot of the board games that we play over at Jamie's house. Mm -hmm. I agree with that too. Yeah. And so um, now uh, there is an office in this game. You can go to your office and you can select, you can look at your, your books. You can look at your accounts. The problem is that when you're playing this all by yourself, a lot of the office type activities is comparing yourself against the other players And when it's only you, and there's no AI, we should mention that right up front. There is no computer player available in this game. So you're either doing it alone or you're doing it hot seat with your buttons. I mean,
2: there are other boats driving around, but they have no bearing on you. It's when they ran into you.
0: Right, exactly. (laughs) Then they do. Okay, so you choose your your charter. You choose the place where you're going to go. You make sure you've got enough fuel to get there. You make sure your ship is in okay repair as much as you feel like you can. And then you set sail okay, metaphorically speaking, okay, and at this point, uh, you see the map of the world, and you see your ship traveling to its location, okay, and uh, just like playing a Japanese role-playing game, uh, you get to a certain random spot on the board, and the game might stop, and it might, the screen might flash, and you might get sent into a mini-game, okay, so one of two things happens, you either make it to your destination, or you get stopped, and there's some sort of mini game, and all the mini games are pretty much the same. You have to steer your vessel into a blue outline. Okay. And when you do that, you've completed the mini game. It's either you're trying to make it through rocky seas, you're trying to rescue a lifeboat, or you're trying to dock in port. Any of those things are what the mini games are.
2: Don't forget, okay. you're trying to avoid the incoming other boat. Right, right. Yeah, there's that one.
0: There's that one too. You're right. So, this is where the action part of the game comes into play. Okay. And they've done, there's any number of ways that you can steer a boat with a computer. Um, But the way that they've chosen is entirely mouse driven. Okay. Which I thought was interesting because this was, you know, developed ostensibly as a DOS release as well as a Windows release, or I, sorry, as well as an Amiga release. And at this point in time, mice weren't exactly common in the DOS world. You know, if this game was really released in 1986 for DOS, uh, I wouldn't call that peak mouse usage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but in any event, uh, and there might be keyboard shortcuts. I know that there was a section in keyboard shortcuts in the docs, uh, but I didn't read it So um, because I I knew that the mouse, you could do everything with the mouse. So anyway, what they've given you is they've given you uh, basic throttle controls, and basic steering controls. And uh, you've got basically a horizontal uh, place to that you can drag the mouse to control your steering and a vertical place to drag your mouse for uh, the thrust or the reverse. Um, Aaron, what did you think about the controls of the ship?
2: <clears throat> the, the, the thing that I hated most in this game were the words, when they, whenever they said that the tug operators were on strike, then you're screwed. Because that means you've got to maneuver out of the out of the dock, right? You could. Here's how this normally works: when you load your ship up with cargo, then it's time to leave, right? You hit the button to to leave. So then it'll say, "Well, do you want to pay the tow to get you out of the port, or do you want to do it manually?" I never ever did it manually. The only times I ever did it manually, well, I mean, I tried it a few times, and when I saw that I failed, I always paid the tow the tugboat. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the tugboats, the uh, tugboat operators are on strike. Exactly, And then that's when you're boned because you're going to be repairing your ship because getting this ship, maneuvering this ship around in port, if ships were this hard to maneuver, we'd all starve. We'd all be screwed Mm -hmm. because these things are tough to move. And I actually gave it the college try too. I didn't just bone it in. I would, I successfully left port one time. Mm-hmm. And most of the ports are horribly annoyingly built. And they're tough to get out of. They are different. I will say that. But I hated it. Uh the mini games boat talked about, the one I got the most was don't like here you are on the open sea and you get this like ticker tape thing that comes up, you know, the little dot matrix, mm-hmm. you know, like a submarine. <laughs> and it would say, like, warning, there's a ship dead ahead. You gotta act fast. And so all you had to do was try to figure out if you need to put the gas on, put it in reverse, or move left and right. And even that was not... I mean, it's almost like the boats were trying to hit you. And so I didn't like that either. There's, and that stuff would come up randomly just to just ruin your day. Because the margins in this game, for me, were pretty thin boat. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I wanted to do was pay for repairs. And ultimately, that's how they drain your money real quick. Right. I would much rather pay for the tu- the tug. But even the tug, you're paying you know, between five and seven large right out of the Mm -hmm. gate, you know, so that's always an expensive, is that the way you usually handled it? Yeah. I mean,
0: here's the thing. Uh, I don't have a problem with having difficult ports to maneuver in, in the game. What they should have done was given you that information up front. Okay. Like they should have rated the ports one through five in terms of ease of getting in and out. And that could have been another part of the strategy of the game. Yeah. You know, it might, you know, Jakarta may be paying top dollar for ammunition and you may be right next door so you can get to them and make mad profit. But if you factor in how good you are, what kind of a hand you are with the with the steering wheel, that might change your decision. Okay, that would have made a world of difference because um, not knowing I mean, obviously, when you play this game enough times, I think there's probably about 20 ports uh, in the game. And so uh, I, I assume that these ports are not procedurally generated and they're the same no, every they, time. they're
2: actually... They actually have the ports that they investigated. I believe there are a total... I think I read it was 14 ports, but I think that's what they said.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, uh, eventually you're going to get to the point where if you're making notes to yourself, you're going to know what are the easy ports and what are the harder ports. Uh, and that would play into it. But I'd like to know that up front. That, that would make the game more fun for me. And like you said, there the way that they punish you is is very very brutal because okay you can choose to get the tug for 5 or 6000 but if you mess up even a little bit like if you just barely ram the the side of the thing it's 10 times as much which i mean i'm sure that that's accurate i'm sure yeah. that that in real life if if you run into the dock with your ship it's probably going to cost you 10 times as much as if you got a tow boat but it's a game you know and so I would have liked to have seen the easy level ease up on that a little bit. I never attempted this game on anything other than the easiest no, level
2: oh no and
0: and I failed spectacularly in yeah. everything that I did no matter what strategy I tried
2: yeah as a business let's break it down here it's, and I'm just gonna go out and say what I think this is a this is a fairly thin this reminds me a little bit of that game we played on the cocoa. Where you ran the store or the restaurant? Mm -hmm. There, it's more advanced than that, but not it's not tons and tons more advanced. And you remember how that game had the sequence where you're serving food, like just to make it add a little more to it. I think that's what this game did. I think they thought, you know, we've got a premise here, and that's pretty sound. But there's not a whole lot going on, so let's add these action sequences to like beef it up. And ultimately, they don't beef it up. They make it. I think they make it. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. And not as they're not not as they're put into the game, that I don't think they're fun, and I don't think they're very fair if i if I'm honest with you. I don't like the controls. I just don't like them. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a business simulator, it's okay. But there are things that happen that really piss me off, and they just seem so random and ludicrous. And I'll give you an example. Uh, one time, I was in you know, you could lay over in port, right, okay? I was laying over in port. And while in port, the screen thing came up and said, look, you've got to move. There's a boat coming at you. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm in port. And the boat hit me.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I understand why they do that, why they put those random events in. Because, again, this is not meant to be a single-player strategy, 100% strategy game. This is a game that's designed for multiplayer. I, I don't know that for sure, but I think that that's the case. And so when you're playing with your buddies, and random crap happens to you, then you're sitting there and you're laughing when it's when it's their turn and they're laughing at you when it's your turn to get screwed. It's sort of like playing Mario Party, you know?
2: Well, I understand. But I mean, and another thing that gets me is that so you're out, you're you're on you're doing your shipping, right? Mm-hmm. And this happened to me over and over and ever and every time I played this, I played this about three or four times this week, various sessions of it. And without fail, you get this message that pops up that says, You weren't watching your office. Yeah. Someone stole like four hundred ninety nine thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like they stole a hundred grand or, or or even ten grand. It was like th- hundreds of thousands of dollars. And that money is when you see that and you're completing a trip that's going to see you make about fifty eight large. It's just like it's just like you're gutted. It's like this is easy mode. How the heck did someone in my office make off with more money than I thought I had? They stole a half million bucks. And it'll happen two or three times in yeah. the same and game. Here's the thing. I they don't fully explain what
0: you need to do to prevent that, other than just like go to your office, click That's on the That's what I started things. doing. But it didn't it yeah. didn't
2: seem to help. I don't you know, I don't know, man. Yeah, and, and the problem
0: is is it what's like playing Monopoly, you know, when you land on chance or community chess, sometimes that that sort of thing happens. But the amounts that you get taken for, like you said, are so vast, yeah, that it, it just it takes the wind out of your sails
2: and it makes you not want to play anymore that's right And i, I listen we you mentioned that we play a lot of german board games we played a ton mm-hmm. of these back in the day yeah and our buddy we've got a buddy who's a real wizard these named jamie and jamie has a hard and fast rule when it comes to these sorts of games he doesn't want any random chance in these games at all all mm-hmm. right they, so and this game tries to walk the tightrope you you, you you is it a business simulator or is it just some kind of random weirdness i mean I don't like weird random crap in my strategy game I want to have I understand that crap happens you're gonna have stuff but it like that airplane simulator we put on the uh, Super Nintendo it was a lot more realistic feeling than this this just mm-hmm. felt kind of ludicrous I mean and I mean when you're how many times does a does a uh, fully laden cargo ship? rescue people out in the <laughs> in the sea. You know what I'm saying? And how many wrecks can you have before they just shut down? I mean, it doesn't make any it's just ludicrous. It I didn't like it. You're always in debt it seems like. Yeah. You can't ever get credit. You yeah. know,
0: and you well, know, and again that that's why I think that the game was really designed not so much to to be have a winner like where you're you're actually operating in the black at least not until you get to the very highest level it's designed to where it's like you play the game for an hour with three of your buddies gathered around the computer, and whoever does the least worst is the winner
2: well i mean but Listen, when you're playing games a race the bottom, so yeah, I mean, but,
0: yeah, it, 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 I'm not saying that that's a good idea, and that they succeeded with making a fun game, but I have a feeling that that plays into the fun.
2: Now, I will say, as I buried this game, there are things I like about it. It's not it it the interface is is okay. Like I didn't have any trouble there for the most part. Uh, the the passage of time—you pretty much know what's going on. There's yeah, no...
0: I I really like the way that they 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 have the simulation elapsed time. It's very easy to understand. Yeah,
2: I like the fact that you can when you're going out these uh, different ports, you get it's there's a concise list of what's available, what it costs like, and uh, where it's going, you know, so you can mm-hmm. see what kind of profits you're making. The fact that you can lay up and, and wait for stuff, to price the prices to rise and fall and save gasoline, I like that yeah you know I like the fact that there are all these different ports, and they sort of kind of represent all the ports to make it sort of feel right large. and they've
0: got they've got pictures of the yeah. ports when you pull in
2: yeah there's
0: a lot to like about lots of things in this game, and yeah. I have a feeling that this is just yet another example of a game If you got this as part of the a five hundred deluxe pack, this and three other games. You probably poured a ton of time in, into this, and this is a game that you could probably get good at if you could master the controls. That's the key. You've got to be able to take the time to master the ship driving controls.
2: Yeah, and, and you also one of the things that's neat about this is you can set up how the game is going to work. You can set to play it for a you know a certain a, a predetermined. Uh, amount of time mm-hmm. so you can you can play it till it just ends you can play for like a short time a medium time so right. you can actually but here's like that as well when
0: you play like we play it doesn't matter what the time because well, you're going to die before the time runs out you're going to be insolvent
2: i so. also I'd, I'd also like the fact that the, the how the uh, it, the uh map your ship works i like the fact that you can see all these other boats in the water like i said it should be a lot this would be kind of a neat if they could uh, this concept might even be kind of neat. is something you put on the internet with a bunch of people, mm-hmm. and they've all got these different boats, and maybe have the collisions and stuff be realistic. You know, maybe even have it so you can send spies or or people to undermine your opponents to get in their office and do stuff. You know, that might be some kind of fun to do Absolutely. stuff like that. Absolutely, you know, that might be a way to go. You know, uh, we mentioned that this came out on DOS. I will say the the comparisons on these. This is a pretty stark difference uh, in the two. I mean, not everything is a stark difference, but if you look at the uh, at the quality, the DOS version of this, I have to say, I, th- I thought it looked pretty pretty decent, all things considered. The opening is way way better uh, when it comes up. It looks it just it looks a little more uh, refined. Oh my I, gosh, look
0: at that! But look I noticed that, that, that. here's the, the thing. Earth.
2: I noticed that the DOS version of this was shareware boot.
0: Hmm.
2: What do you think of that? kind of easy.
0: uh well i will say that the the the, the ocean definitely doesn't look as good uh, on the uh, on the DOS version but everything else looks pretty similar yeah um i i think the shareware model is is always a good model uh you know you put a level out there you let people have the opportunity to buy it if you want to because the alternative is that you put it out there for the old piracy model. And then, and then if you pirate the game, uh, you know, there's no text in there that says, Hey, if you actually want to pay this, send me some money. You're at least giving people a chance to, right. to pay for it. So,
2: so if, this is like, so the, you could play this, this might be kind of fun to pick up and be interesting to see what they refined on it, boat in the newer versions. Uh, then, you know, if they added any of the things we talked about, mm-hmm. that'd be, it might be kind of neat to, to see what had been done to it. Um, I had a chance, boat, to look this up to see how this thing fared. Uh, There weren't a ton of reviews for it, but there were some. Uh, Lemon, the people at Lemon really liked this 8.15 boat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So pretty, pretty popular. Uh, Amiga Joker gave this an 80%. AUI gave it a six out of 10, so 60%. ASM gave it 85. And uh, Computer Gaming World looked at this, believe it or not. They didn't give it a formal number, but they said, Ports of Call provides plenty of challenge without being bogged down with lots of economic details. The game has a save option, but it's very hard to drop anchor and come back another time. I always wanted to set a course for just one more Port of Call. Very poetic. Wow. They, they worked in all of the uh, all of the metaphors there. Yep, Yeah. so do we need Discord action on this thing? We bud? got a
0: lot of Discord action on this. Go like for I it, man. Said, this, is, this is a game that, that people remember. Uh, we start with Ricky DeRosha. He says, A cool strategy game let down by the annoying action sequences. This game would be a lot better if the action sequences could be switched off. Uh, Lord Soup yes. says... Yeah, and I agree with that. They, yes. they could have easily done that and, and just made a different mode, and that would have been worth it. I agree. Uh, Lord Soup says whole lot of fun taking your company with a few third-hand tubs or maybe just one ship up to a multi super ship profit machine. A good game to play with a few pals. A few of the action sequences are too punishing. Uh, rescuing a castaway, I'm looking at you. But for the most part, having to park your ship or steer it out isn't too stressful in most ports. How much fun you can have is determined by how much the action sequences hinder you, and I think the option to switch them off would have helped for some. My friends and I got pretty skilled back in the day, and only a couple of hellacious ports would cause us any struggle. Grab some gaming pals, get the beers and pizza, and play this until the beer starts holding you back too much. That's (laughs) what I pushed through. Uh, A fun game that really deserved a sequel, refining its strengths and countering its flaws, but the devs got ripped off pretty hard by piracy. A game I look back on very fondly. Maybe there's a touch of the Ruby sunglasses going on, but eight out of ten. Nice review from Lord yeah, Soup. Lord that Soup. NegSol writes, My introduction to the beautiful world of business sims when I was a kid. While it has the charm of a board game, the action sequences are too fun to fail at. Are fun to are fun to fail at. Oh, sorry, I think I said that wrong. Especially playing with friends. Graphics were outstanding for its time. No wonder as JD Sachs of Defender of the Crown fame was involved here. I love to see the ship's sinking animation, sending SOS music and sound was fitting. Controls are adequate, however, steering a ship leaves much to be desired, for especially higher engine higher speed ship engine settings seemed to change the physics of the steering too much. Looking at it now, I feel the game was not finished and was missing some important aspects like AI, player interaction, more random events, and a better economy. Yes. Uh, all in all, a game is great for kids and beginners. I don't know about that. Uh, however, nothing that will keep you hooked after, other than the nostalgia involved. 7 out of 10. What would you? What would the Luke say if you gave him this one,
2: Aaron? Hey, I don't think he'd uh, sit down for this one. Uh, I, I don't and those action would. sequences wouldn't get the job done either. For, <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Um,
0: Lobsterminator writes, I have not succeeded in rescuing the lifeboat even once in my life. 8 out of 10. Did you ever get it? Nope. Not me either. Um, Zorglub writes, I adore this game now as I used to, and I will uh, say that Zorglub is the one that suggested this to the Amigos Game Selection Committee. He says, I adore this game now as I used to when it was one of my first games on my Amiga 500. I just love the presentation in the game. A very good representation of the Amiga games in the beginning of the era. I'd agree with that. Yeah. The title page is great, and I've always loved the watercolor cycle that you're presented with as the game presents itself to you.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay, the graphics are rev- rudimentary but functional, and it's a fun game to play solo or amongst friends. looking forward to try and play it in amiga live with four players this is one of my favorites i just love the humor and the speed at which events often turn south that's true they do they do go south in a hurry yes uh advises us to save often yes um he says also i love this is a real workbench game i was glad to acquire a physical copy of the game finally i love this game nine out of ten for me Sure, I'm biased because I played it so much when I got it, but I think it's a great early Amiga 500 game. If you've not tried it before, this is for you, a hidden gem in my not-so-humble opinion. Mm. There you go. Pajako. I'm sorry, go ahead. Keep going. That's okay. Pajako6502 says, I'm not normally a fan of these sorts of games, but I got into it for the review. A lot like real life, I'm terrible at business, and apparently (laughs) captaining a ship whilst under the influence really isn't that good of an idea. I couldn't quite work out how to make money in this game, although trading weapons seemed to do okay. I guess that's information for life. If you can't figure out how to make money, just deal in arms. Yeah. Uh, Some naughty person kept embezzling money because I forgot to do the office admin, so I bankrupted within a year on my playthrough. There is a little too much to cope with for a beginner option, but I really enjoyed the ship control bits that's almost a game in itself. Conceptually, Ports of Call is not a million miles away from one of my favorite BBC micro games called Inheritance. Would I go back to it? If it was set in space, then yeah, probably. But ultimately, this one isn't for me. Six out of ten.
2: You know, I got a lot of good reviews there. Did you ever get into the smuggling side of the game that much? No. There's a smuggling side? Yeah, a a couple times a guy would come up to me and say, listen, I've got this uh, briefcase I need brought over. And so you could risk bringing it over to to wherever you're going to make extra money, mm. and that did add a little. And I thought that was kind of intriguing, and I'd like to have seen like a full blown. I liked for that to have been a whole different part of the game. That would have been a lot yeah. of fun, you know. Yeah. So that was I thought that was kind of cool. Listen,
0: there's a great. I mean, you could really. I had just a couple things to this, and you could turn into into like elite on the open seas. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: Yeah, you know. This, remembering that this came out in 87, so this is a, a pretty old game, mm-hmm. and pretty young, uh, pretty uh, on and old and on a very young machine at the time, or several young machines. This game would would have soared on its interface alone, because this was an interface you really hadn't seen that much in other games. And I look at this sort of the same way that I looked at Deja Vu back in the day, a game that uses the mouse in a, in a uh, good way to, you mm-hmm. know, where you're dragging stuff around, access some menus. And again, you you mentioned this and you were dead on. This was not something that was widely done in gaming back in the day where you were using the mouse to do this stuff. So uh, one thing you have to take into account with a game uh, that's this old is the ingenuity to come up with a, a way to uh, get all this information in the game, make it playable. They didn't quite get uh, all the way there. But, I, I mean, I definitely think a sequel would have been something they could have really... Uh, made a lot of improvements in
0: yeah uh, and i but, will say that I, I i would like to check out the updated version for uh for windows that has been released uh, i did accidentally skip over i noticed this as i was uh, talking about the reviews um let me get back to it real quick um negsall says a few years back i decided to support the programmer of the game by buying a license to his reimagining of ports of call for modern pcs Mm. uh and he says that apparently a few months ago a new version ports of call xxl 2021 was released so uh if you're into uh you know seeing what these guys have been up to and seeing what improvements they've made uh they're still out there doing this stuff and good If you are interested in reading all about the history of this game, this is the first time I believe this has ever happened. Um, The authors of this game have actually written a book called Ports of Call, Making of Classic Game, Gameplay, Programming, Scripts, and Future that has been released. You can get this thing, Aaron. This is a large book, 238 pages, all about Ports of Call. You can get it on Amazon for
2: $56. Might be interesting, Booster, Yeah. Uh, just to close the door on this, I did look this up on the old eBay boat and see what they're going for. Uh, you can buy one of these right now in Canada. No box. It's going to run you 63 bucks. your best offer. Now, I thought that was pretty high. So I yeah. looked to see what had been sold. This sold recently in Australia for $55. And this mm-hmm. sold recently in Germany. This sold in Germany. Just a, not even sealed just a box copy of this game 513 US dollars Bo oh boy that's for this crazy. so someone was desperately hungry to get their hands on a copy of ports of Call I should also mention there are two different versions of the box I saw uh, the one that we're uh, showing on our on our video right now is the white one there's also a red one it's blood mm. red uh the the other version i think this is a little more inviting than the other one but it's there so i don't know if there's i don't know if that was maybe a the pack-in box or budget release i don't know what it is but there you go they were both released on the amiga so it could also be something to do with the where it was where that box was released but
0: right right that makes sense yeah all right aaron well why don't we uh leave ports of
2: call why don't we pull out of our port and head on over are you driving the boat this time because if you're pulling out of port i'm calling the tug operators over here quick that that would be no good yes let's let's have have let's
0: let's 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 have them tow us over on the old uh, youtube channel and what's been going on over there
2: (laughs) uh not a uh not a huge uh week of uh videos but we do have some new stuff here and some stuff here that i haven't got to see yet so i'm dying to see it uh, out of the gate, let's go ahead, as we often do, we'll talk about uh, what we did last week on ARG Presents. Uh, me and DeBrent, uh pulled up TV tie-in games uh, mm. this week. These are games that were based on an old TV show. Uh, and I went a little slanty on this one, Bo, but I had no choice because the, the Twilight Zone video game is garbage. And so I took a look at the Twilight Zone pinball machine. There's a lot of craziness behind this machine because uh, this pit machine was built directly after the most uh, popular and highest grossing pinball machine in the solid state era was released which was Adam's family mm-hmm. and it was b- designed by the same fellow Pat Lawler and so uh, William said Pat we're going to let you do whatever you want and so he was like okay and bam he made Twilight Zone the most elaborate ludicrous expensive pinball machine ever made and, now, is uh, he related to the King? No, unfortunately not. Okay. Uh, but uh, he does have a brother who's also in the industry, I believe. But, uh, uh, yeah, this was quite a game. I don't know if you, have you ever played this in real life, but I think you have, haven't you? I
0: have. I've played this, but this is one of these games that I, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't – I I can never understand what's going on. Yeah,
2: it's, it's, it's convoluted, to say the least. But it's a beautiful game. And of course, I'm a big Twilight Zone fan, so mm-hmm. I go into a little bit of that. Now, my brother went down a more conventional path, when he chose Star Trek: The Next Generation for the NES, yeah. you're, you're an old Nintendo guy. Have you played this one.
0: I I played it for the first time uh, yeah. when I was uh, when I wrote a review for the show. Yes. this is a very ambitious game. It's a very unique game, um, and it, it's it's sort of cool.
2: Uh, it was better than I thought it would be. I agree. Uh, it's I wouldn't say it was big fun. But it was uh, it was not just a game where you uh, do platforming or have an overhead spaceship. I mean, they actually gave it a shot here, Mm -hmm. and and this was late in the NES's uh, 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 you know stay. And so I thought that was a pretty decent uh, job here. The music is not great, but I think that's really everything else is pretty good. So I thought it was we had a good time on that episode. Please check out ARG presents. We film every. Tuesday, or every Tuesday, every Sunday at 10 a.m. <laughs> every Tuesday I am at work at 10 a.m. Next on the docket, Boaster, and this was a fun one. This is Moon Patrol for, on our 1200XL show for the Atari 8-bits. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We're both big fans of the old Moon Patrol. What'd yeah, you think man. of this one, Bo? What'd you think about this episode?
0: It's one ugly buggy.
2: That's true. Uh, we, uh, we, we liked this game. And it compared favorably to the C64 version, but we both had a very similar problem. is the fact that the moon buggy itself looked like garbage. Mm-hmm. And we happened to get a note here uh, on this from Catherine uh, Mate- Matega, who had just mentioned... Uh she uh she says making an attractive buggy way more challenging on the Atari 8 bit on the C sixty four. C sixty four she is has better she, sprites. She's from
0: Nitro, right? She sang uh, from
2: a distance. No, no, that's Kathy Matea. Oh. Of However, if you if the name Catherine Matea rings a bell with you, it did with me, uh, uh she worked on many, many C sixty four titles and uh, Atari eight bit titles, but the the thing I remembered her for was that she was involved in the incredible effort to port successfully port Dragon's Lair to the Game Boy Color? If You've never seen this. You should go out of your way to have a look at it because it it's probably one of the most arcade perfect ports of Dragon's Lair you're ever going to see on a handheld of that era. There is no other one. It's amazing. But she worked on a lot of stuff, so she. I, that's why I saw her name. I was like, this chick knows your stuff. And so she probably uh, is dead on about the difficulty of making that buggy look good, uh, boat. And we liked everything else about the game pretty well. So that was, we had a fun time with that one. Uh, so check that out. That's the 1200XL show, uh, Moon Patrol. Boat, here's one that I have, this one got past me, but I've got to watch it because it's got the Sam Coupe. So they've got uh, our good buddy, the Hermsky, has checked out and did a show on the Sam Coupe core on the Mister. Uh, boat now we both uh were digging on the sam back in the day uh, have you got a chance to look to, over this one
0: i have not seen this yet i just came back in town so i haven't had a chance to check out herms but let me tell you something as you're as you're running through these things yeah the sam rarely fails to this point
2: yeah this stuff looks great like all the stuff he's trying looks like a million bucks in fact i remember we played that game i don't recall the name of it I believe we did that on ARG one time. But uh, I love the mister. And one thing that it'll, gives you a chance to do is, is kind of skip through some of these wackier cores. And this is, a, as we both know, we'll never own one of these. Unlike Sanction over there at Pixel Gaten, who actually picked one up recently. We're, we're unfortunate. we're bones. So this is the yeah. best we can do. But Hermsky he goes through a bunch of these. 20 minutes of Sam Coupe action. Check that out from Hermski. Uh Looks like it'd be uh, fun to look through. Uh now here's one I did miss but I actually went I did get to go back and check this one out. This is our good buddy Jack Flack and this week he's looking at dungeons and dragons games and goes into a lot of his D&D back catalog here. I was watching this with some interest, boat, uh because I it was it's funny to see how he came up to the D&D ranks and we, and how I came up and there were totally different uh, ways that he came that he got into D&D. He goes in depth with the d and d animated cartoon. did you watch that one back in the day?
0: no, I know i the only thing that I know about that game that cartoon is yeah. that everybody always said it was incredibly violent
2: Well, it really isn't that I mean Thundar was way more violent, also mm. better. I never. All my D and D friends, I mentioned this to Flack. We all thought this cartoon sucked.
0: Okay, and, okay, let's let's stop right there. How old were you when this cartoon came out?
2: That's not. We weren't that old. We were older. We were way older than the cartoon. But that's not why we thought it sucked. Because I love cartoons. We didn't like it because it was sort of a mockery of actual D and D. For starters, three three like three fifths of the group didn't have we- offensive weapons. You got a chick with a stick. You got a chick that can be invisible. You've got a dude that has nothing but a shield. You know, what kind of, what is that? You just got a shield? What's he going to hit guys with? Nothing. That's what, you know, so that was all. And also the fact that they made up these character classes that we never heard of. We hate, we didn't yeah, like this. So you were,
0: uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you were not the target market for this cartoon.
2: No, we were. We were No, D&D. you weren't. Yeah, because we people
0: were. people that played D&D, anybody that played D&D would not have liked this cartoon for all the reasons that you speculated on.
2: Well, listen, I loved Thundar the Barbarian, which is a contemporary of this. And it was a much more D&D-like show. Uh, and, and this is another one of those shows, like G.I. Joe or something, where there's all this stuff going on, these wars, and ain't nobody getting killed. You know, it's just, you know, so I didn't think it was that violent, but I mean, maybe somebody did. It only ran for tw- 27 episodes. Uh, but uh, it's still very popular. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back and watch it with the boy after watching Flack talk about it here. And then Flack went on to find a video game for the PC that's based on the cartoon, uh, which it looks like I think this is one of those games that's built on that uh on the uh uh you know, the that engine that they do all those games on. You know what I'm talking about. They did the He Man game. They've done a bunch no. of these games. I- yeah, there's there's a there's basically a beat 'em up engine uh that that you could basically cater to do what you want you know it, open boar that's it thank you flack and open board i've seen several really good games made on this engine this
0: is a can this is a game that was recently made
2: this is a fan-made game you're looking oh, at. oh right okay
0: I, I missed that part yeah, okay that's okay, it that fa-
2: these are fan-made games uh so anyway if you're into dnd i strongly urge you to check this out Dungeons dragons or, or if you just like open boar or if you're just like hearing Flack talk, which is always a good time, he even breaks out some of his old personal D&D characters. Yeah. By mean, the way, Flack, if you were playing those guys in my campaign, I'd have ripped those suckers up right in your face. Those were no; those were non-starters. All of his guys had 18, everything, 18 slash 18. Wishes, they had it all. That that was that would have, My old DM, if I'd brought something like that to him, he'd have turned that to confetti right in front of me, brother. And that's what would have <laughs> happened to those characters. Vote. I think that's all we've got. What do you got? Uh, you and Neil are coming back with something, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we are uh, we are back and better than ever. We are going to release an episode at some point this weekend, uh, all about the bizarre true story of the Commodore smartphone. Do you remember the old Commodore smartphone, Aaron? No, I don't
2: remember that. I'll be honest with you. Was <laughs> well, this like not really Commodore, but someone what the name no, Well, yeah, on it.
0: obviously this was not the yeah. real Commodore. Uh, we talk about Zool making its grand re-entrance, and if oh, anyone man. cares. Um, we talked about the uh, the classic arcade that's opening over in Bristol. I yeah. learned about Bristol because I didn't know anything about it, and uh, of course Neil uh, talks about his new Mister Multisystem, System, uh, his his uh, his his Mister based console that is is making some oh, waves around the, the FPGA the, scene.
2: The thing, yes, the yes, thing. I, I'm That's interested in right. hearing about that. Yes, definitely, Boat. Yeah, so Sounds we are uh,
0: look for that on the uh, this weekend retro uh, YouTube channel, or you can subscribe to the show on any podcaster you please. Very good. That's all we got, boats. All right. Well, as we wrap things up, of course, we want to thank again our sponsor, Retro Rewind, for uh, sponsoring the show. Uh, We want to welcome our new uh, Patreon supporter, Mark Richardson. Welcome. Welcome. Glad to have you. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we should probably talk about, uh, patreon.com slash amigos podcast. I don't always mention this on the show and I probably should. Uh, if you enjoy listening to the show or watching the show and you want to support us every month, uh, you can do that at patreon.com slash amigos podcast and get lots of cool stuff. Uh, you get a, uh, a magnet once a year, a special uh, exclusive magnet with either Amigos supporter or Amigos Game Selection Committee member on it. Uh, you can help choose the games that we play on each and every episode. You can join the Amigos Game Selection Committee. You get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server, uh, which, uh, you know, a bunch of people. I think we've got uh, almost 200 people on the server right now. Uh, and uh, you can join uh, us for some lively conversations as well as uh, supporters of the Sprite Castle Podcast and the Pixel Guide In Podcast, it also gives you exclusive
2: access to the home of the Team Speaker Regulars. Bam! Oh, you know we should mention Boat, In case anyone's wondering, uh, we have officially changed the uh, chant the name of the channel, of the Team Speaker Regulars. To guess what? The Team Speaker Regulars. N- uh, so if you're subscribed to what was the old ARG Presents channel, don't worry, everything's still there. Nothing's changed but we've changed the name because it doesn't make any sense to be called the ARG Presents channel when we don't have any ARG content <laughs> on that channel at all and never have. So the Teen Speaker Regulars are on uh, Teen Speaker Regulars of Twitch. We are also available on uh, The Teen Speaker Regulars on Twitter. And you can even email us at the teen speaker Regulars at com. It's a mm. full-on slate of Teen Speaker Regulars hot action boat. Awesome. Awesome. And,
0: of course... Um, we want to thank all of our fine Twitch subscribers. So if you enjoy watching us live every Friday night on Twitch, uh, you can subscribe to us using either a regular Twitch subscription or an Amazon Prime subscription. You get one free a month if you're an Amazon Prime uh, subscriber. Uh, we want to thank Eeyore4077, Mitsuyama, Macintosh Librarian, Scumboy, Da Crabs MTG, Blow Jellyfish, Gary Heather, OROM, Beachbum7, John Marshall3, Amy Steph, Luminate08, DragonbaneOZ, Ooh. made by Legends monza mess still adolescent dave velociraptor buck owens frodo and l wing chun wolf alley cat history chick 1558 wide world of retro blue train math dufort neg sol Paco Take, retro jerry back to eight bit with hermski captain chaos dk rob o'hara explorer l curtis boyle all hail uh dead louse 75 and uber scuba diver thank you guys so much for supporting amigos on twitch thank you now aaron last week the mystery patreon song was a was a college music classic If any if any band has ever been called a college music band most of the time i bristle at that designation but not in this case it was boys don't cry by the cure yes yes absolutely We want to thank Rob Flack O'Hara for getting the first correct answer, as he often does. Pixels at Dawn also got it. Paul Kitching, Mitsuyama, TMX Online, Pac Billy, Jigglebox, Andy Craig, and Bernard Lucas. You guys all got the correct answer. And if you know the answer to this week's Amigos Mystery Patreon song, send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. And don't forget, if you are watching live on Twitch, make sure you email me your correct response. Please do not put it in the chat to make it fun for everyone. Are you ready? Oh, man. Go for it. All right. David Hearn. Chris he- Edwards. Ram.
1: Okay. Rom. Okay. David Terrace. Drew Carlos. Matthew. Mobius, Phantom. Magnus. Seth. Yates. Alice. and Christian. Russell. David- Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Fubour, Famic King, Sarah Casey, Loomis, William Venter, Scar, Heavy Systems, Inc, Bunny Frag, Lord Mark Byland, Olaf O. Permsky, Jonah, aka Simulan, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Cowbird Boy, Lane Denson, Lucas, and John on The bass. Photo in L. Solon Sazer Juggin, Mr. Cola, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Tennington. Zoglove, Love Reflection, Simon Les Captain Crispy. Killer Bites and Caffeine, Gary Hendor, Free Lunch, Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong. Andy Jones, Lobster, Menin' 8 to 10, Menemiga, Retro, Casper, Bernard Quinn, RMC, Tim, Drew, Simon, Roe, J. Joseph Harrison, Kyle, Tug, Rob O'Hara, Matthew, Lara, Moore, Andy, Craig, Barfit, Roland, Buck, Andrew, Muggs, Joe, the Zombie, Leaf, Kalan, Alec Kabab, Goat, Eleven Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocher, Crippet, but Ficky Cities, In the Slow Norris, <laughs> Stefan, Sorgon, Mortensen, Edvin, Helen, Christopher, Hassel, Rabbi Abbott, Chris Foles, Lauren Giroux, Grand Bebke, <laughs> I. Bad as be O'Brien's retro and vintage Gary Huck, Paul Harrington, a Duncan Styles tapes from the crib Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THG, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Stad, Daniel Bixon, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and Kjell Bjorn Barman. I, I, I can't
0: talk. Thank that you. was that was an affront. That was an affront to bad music because it was so good.
2: I don't know what that means. Move on. <laughs> Horrible.
0: All right. So uh let's see. Next week, Aaron on Amigos, we've we're doing a little thing called public domain. It's back again? It's back again for the first time. Oh no. So, we have our illustrious Amigos Game Selection Committee has chosen two titles for us to play. As always, there's two games on a public domain week. We're going to be playing Biplane Duel, a game we know a little bit about, and Alienator, which I have not played.
2: Good name. Good name. You know, speaking of games, Boat, we had some games played in the Discord, I believe. That uh, have contested winners. Can you get into that a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about that. Thank you for reminding me to
0: talk about the amigos and the specy high score challenge. You see what I did there? That sounds that's
2: smooth broadcasting mayonnaise,
0: just right that's over right. the top. That's right. Uh we're gonna start things off with our uh bomb jack beer edition. I know I definitely need to get a scoring on this. Definitely not a winning score, I can tell you that right now, because these guys are pros. But right now, in the lead, Z9K9 with a score a full eight times higher than everyone else. Over 800,000. Nobody else has even cracked the 200,000 mark. It looks like another Z9K9 coasting in for another win. But it's still early on. It's still early days. The close date is not until Friday, the 3rd of September. He's from space. So, I don't know he how is he does space. it. So uh, get, in, get your score in there. Get it on uh no don't get it on just get your score in there no get and, it on <laughs> screw it you're not <laughs> gonna win true. you might
2: as well <laughs> that's true <laughs>
0: and for our Specy high score challenge this is just sort of an interim challenge before the next one is announced we are doing uh pajama rama pajama rama does not have a traditional score mechanic however it does have a percentage completion uh so you can get in there and see if you can get a hundred percent like z9k9 already has
2: we also don't want to leave here without talking about what's going down tomorrow in the Coco community, because we're going to be involved in this thing, the boat. Mm. Tomorrow's the big day, the big dragon special. That's right. T- that starts at what is it, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, is that correct boat?
0: 1 PM Eastern. So yes. uh get on there. It's uh twitch.tv slash cocoa talk, or you can just tune in at the Twitch channel, our Twitch channel, because we host them. Yep. Uh it's gonna be it's gonna be uh six to seven hundred hours of dragon based interviews, content, game demos, anything you can possibly
2: imagine including you me and the Brent. That's right. It's going we're going to be there early in trying to set the tone. And then the big brains are going to come around and we're just going to sort of fizzle into the darkness. That's because right. we don't know what the heck's going on. That's it's what I do right. awesome. I fizzle
0: out of my chair. Yeah. After three three <laughs> No, three you're or drinking four something fizzy. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> With all that It's time to close this bad boy out. So I'm just going to say until next time. Adios. Adios.